Hello guys, I'm your host, Michaela Philo, and welcome back to McKay's Mindspace. We have a special guest, Melissa Gentile, who is going to be joining us today. Melissa is a holistic nutrition health coach. Melissa is TikTok viral. She is wicked smart. She knows everything about holistic health, general lifestyle, supplements, non-toxic living, literally everything. And we are going to jump into all of that today. This is probably going to be a two-part episode uh, just because we're going to get into so much information. I think it might be a little overwhelming if I were to put it into one episode. So for the first part today, we're just going to jump into general lifestyle, healthy habits, um, habit stacking. Melissa's going to talk a lot about holistic health and all of that good stuff. And then in the next episode, we'll get into hormone testing, non-toxic testing, non-toxic living, and all of her amazing information on that. So I'm really excited. I think that you guys are going to learn so much good stuff. And I've been wanting to have Melissa on this podcast for a while because I just knew when I was starting to do special guests that she would be the perfect person for it. So let's get into it, guys. director, the creator, and the writer of your story. You literally could do whatever you want. And it's just for you to sit down and navigate where you want to go. Welcome back, guys, to McKay's Mindspace. Today we have Melissa Gentile on with us. Welcome, Melissa, to McKay's Mindspace. Thanks, Michaela. I'm super excited to be here. I'm so excited to have Melissa on today. So me and Melissa actually met through passing at Town Hall as servers. We didn't work together, but it's super funny because Liza, yeah, our mutual friend, always used to tell me that I reminded her so much of this girl, Melissa, who was on TikTok and she was all into holistic health and nutrition. And she showed me your TikTok and I was like, oh my gosh, like, and now it's just so funny to think like a few years later that. I have you on my podcast now. I know. It's so crazy how we had mutual friends and ended up like finding each other through social media. And yeah, so fun. Yeah. I think that this is going to be a really good episode because me and Melissa have a lot of same interests when it comes to holistic health. And I'm just excited to get into everything. Same. I'm excited to share my passion and I'm glad we share that. Yes. All right, Melissa. So can you please tell me and our listeners, when's the first time that you got into nutrition and holistic health? So when I was younger, I first went to a functional medicine practitioner when I was about 12 or 13 years old. Um, I did a whole bunch of lab testing and she really helped me with my nutrition and diet and lifestyle factors. So that was the first time I was introduced to food as medicine and just functional medicine in general. Um, so I really started researching a lot about nutrition when I was in high school. I experimented with a lot of different diets, probably like my junior and senior year of high school. I went vegan for a while. 
Um, even when I got into college, I also started getting like really into working out. Um, all different types of workouts, like running, strength training, all of that. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really just kind of been like a whole journey of diving into different wellness topics. So really ever since I was probably like 12 or 13 years old. Wow. So at what age did you like start going on diets? Was it, you said it was like sophomore, junior year? Yeah. So when I first um, went to the functional medicine practitioner when I was like 12 or 13, that's when I went gluten-free and dairy-free. Oh, wow. um, and I'm actually still gluten-free today. So I think it's been like 12 or 13 years now. Yeah. Something like that. It's crazy. Was it really hard to go gluten-free in high school? <laughs> yeah, because when you're like 12 and 13, I mean, I don't know about anyone else, but like my diet at the time was just like bread, pasta, bagels. Yeah. So that's, when, what, that's what mine was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, seriously. And you don't realize like when you're that young, you don't really know ingredients and things yeah. like that. Um or especially, like, at least in my household, like, nutrition wasn't, like, a huge topic. That's what I was just about to ask you, if, like, your parents were into nutrition or gluten-free or any of that. Yeah, no, I was, like, the first one. The first yeah. one that was, like, hey, I can't eat gluten. Like, That's exactly how I was. I was vegetarian, yeah. and my mom and dad were, like, why? <laughs> like, why? <laughs> just, like, eat that. Yeah. Like, eat that. And I was, like, no. Like, That's so it's funny. the same exact thing. Yeah, I kind of, I experimented with, like, being plant-based as well. Definitely in my household, like, that was definitely a conversation of... Um, me trying to teach my parents why I was doing it and things like that. But mm -hmm. yeah, definitely when you're really young, it's kind of hard to make diet changes like that. And I also think that being gluten-free 10 or 15 years ago is different than what it is now. It's very well known now, whereas like yeah. back then it was a little bit more challenging just in grocery stores, restaurants, um, and all that. So. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that it was much of like a trend or really anything like that yeah. long ago and it was kind of like almost weird if you were doing it especially at that age or we just weren't that educated yeah on it, exactly so let's talk about your tiktoks yes <laughs> so what were the first kind of videos that you were making that people liked so much yeah so that's a great question i first started posting on tiktok i think it was the summer of 2021 so it was just like a little over two years ago now and I don't even know what made me want to post that day, but I saw there was like some kind of wellness trend going around and I just like recreated um, kind of the same video. Mm -hmm. And I started just posting all different things at first. Like a lot of it was health and wellness, but some of it was like fashion, travel, yeah. just kind of like anything. I was just trying to see like what stuck. I didn't really have any specific intentions. I didn't have an intention of making a job out of it or mm -hmm. anything like that. Um, and I really just let the platform and like the people just tell me what they like yeah. to see. And it was really my recipe videos, my what, what I eat in a day, like supplements, wellness routines, like all of that people I think found or used it as like inspiration. And th mm -hmm. those were the types of videos that just like performed well for me. So I just kept going with that and yeah. just kept rolling with it. So, um, but yeah, now today I just post a lot of still recipes, bonus routines, advice. And I try just create content that's resonating with people that are on um, kind of like the same journey. Yeah. I think that your content is very relatable and very easily under, like very understanding for people mm -hmm. that are just getting into the health world, which we were kind of talking about before recording yeah. this, like <laughs> about content. And I think people really enjoy just like a simple 20, 30 minute ex. 20 30 second explanation of like why you should have protein in the morning or why or like an example of what a gluten-free or dairy-free breakfast is like mm -hmm. I like your videos for that like oh, so yeah <laughs> so I think that's really cool and I think people 
really genuinely learned the most from that instead of getting like super scientific and stuff. So I think that we're yeah. like, very common in that. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think one thing, and this kind of goes, I think, for anyone creating content is that I'm not really creating content for somebody that's in like my exact shoes today. I'm creating content for somebody that's a few steps where I was behind like maybe a couple of years ago that are Mm -hmm. just trying to get into, okay, trying to find recipes, trying to make the diet changes, learning how to grocery shop, learning how to cook, figuring out the the mind-body connection, like all of that. I think just just creating content for somebody who I was like a couple of years ago or at the beginning of my like whole wellness journey. Yeah. Well, you have to like think like that because the people watching it are are in that place. So Mm -hmm. that's really good. So about your TikTok still, I love your videos on like the 15, 20 minute workouts at home. I'm like super into that right now, actually. Mm -hmm. Like this morning I just did a bunch of Pilates workouts at home and I just think it's so beneficial. But can you explain to our listeners how that is just as beneficial as going to the gym for two or three hours a week? Yeah, absolutely. So I really think that being consistent is a lot more important than your intensity. Like, So I mm-hmm. think it's a lot better for your body, your mental health, et cetera. I mean, at the end of the day, it's what works for you. But I think it's a lot better for you to get some movement in every single day than to go absolutely crazy for like one yeah. or two hours a week, like in two or three sessions. Um, and I think it's also just way more accessible to people to work out from home. Like a lot of people are working from home now. It's convenient. Um, a lot of times it's free. Some of the workouts that I really like or trainers that I really like, I love Sammy Clark. Like she's a platform called Forum. So I do her workouts a lot. Um, I also really like Melissa Woodhouse. She does like the mm-hmm. same style of workouts, but there's so many different free ones on YouTube. Yeah. Um, the Down Dog app is really good for at-home yoga. You can like customize your whole um, like time frame, what style of yoga, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I think, too, it just kind of depends what your intention is with the workout as well. Yeah. Sometimes you just feel like you need to go hard. You need to go, like, rip it in the gym for a little bit. But I think it's also just better for, um, especially women, like, if you're dealing with, like, high cortisol and high stress, like, doing lower intensity movement with intention is definitely going to be better for like your hormones and your stress level of sleep, all of that. So yes. And I'm really glad you brought that up because I just recently learned and side note, I started Mm -hmm. working out in high school, like when you said too, like around that same time as when I really got into the gym, but I've always just thought like go work out at the gym for like an hour and always high intensity workouts. And I had just recently learned about like your cortisol levels Mm -hmm. and how much that affects that. And I talk a lot about hormones and like cycle syncing on my podcast. And it's crazy how, when you just like stop doing high intensity workouts so much and doing 20, 30 minutes of Pilates or yoga or any of that, you can feel a difference in your body like so much. And it's, it's about consistency. If I do that for even just three or four days out of the week, rather than doing an hour run two days Mm -hmm. a week, like I feel so much better. Yeah. So it's so true. And I think it just changes your relationship with exercise and movement as a whole. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important to kind of ask yourself, like, what's my intention, like for the workout? Is it to feel good? Is it to feel my body? Is it to move energy? You know? Um, So yeah, I just think it's really great that it's becoming more of a trend to do lower intensity movement. And high intensity movement like has a time and place. I'm not saying running is bad or weightlifting is bad or anything like that. Like there's so many benefits to like having muscle mass on your body and you know things like that. But yeah, I think if you're somebody who 
is struggling with high cortisol um, or the symptoms about that, it's definitely something to consider just incorporating into your day, like just being more intentional and mindful and kind of slowing down, especially in the world that we live in. That's so like crazy and fast paced. Mm -hmm. And just in case my listeners don't know, can you explain what cortisol is? Oh, yeah. So yeah. cortisol, I'm not a doctor, but. <laughs> We're both not doctors. Um, but... Yeah. So, you know, do your own research, look into <laughs> it, ask, you know, ask your own professionals. But cortisol is basically just like a stress hormone that we need, we need it to function. It's not bad. Like mm -hmm. everything in your body needs to be kind of in a certain range or a certain level to feel well and just to like have optimal health. Mm -hmm. So you need a certain cortisol pattern during the day. Like you do want it to rise in the morning and to keep you like functional during the day. It is going to wake you up. It's what helps like wake you up out of sleep, be productive, like have motivation, but you want that cortisol level to kind of wind down mm -hmm. the afternoon and be low while you're sleeping so you can get good deep rest. And things that spike your cortisol can be mental things. It can be relationships. It can be caffeine stimulants. Like yep. everyone has a different um, kind of threshold for stressors like that. Yeah. Um, and sometimes high intensity workouts too long or too many high intensity workouts for too long over, you know, months and months just becomes too much on the body. So, um, so yeah. Yeah. No, that's like a perfect explanation. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, like, like I said, like, I think the workouts have been a big thing. I know now we're like on a whole other topic, but, yeah. like, <laughs> but like for me, like how you said, I like how you said, like, there's a different threshold for each person because like for me, like sleep is really important for me. Like I can, I notice yeah. I'm very stressed or I feel off if I don't get enough sleep and I don't know. So it just, it really makes a big impact on monitoring that for sure. Yeah. And I think like, you know, some people can have three or four cups of coffee mm -hmm. and, you know, do really crazy workouts. That's something else like, I've had to yeah. limit a lot, which I, like, love coffee, so it's Same, super hard. Going or, yeah. through the whole thing right now where I'm trying to cut it out, there's been phases where I've cut it out for, like, three months straight. Mm -hmm. But, I yeah, I'm really struggling with that right now. But yeah. I'm trying to do more matcha <laughs> than, like, coffee and try only have coffee, like, after food. That can help and everything. But, yeah, some people can go crazy on the caffeine and some people just one cup of coffee a day is too much. So it's really just more of, like, a bio-individual yes. thing that I think. Yeah, and I – Love that you brought that up too, because I love that we're going like 20 minutes on this question, <laughs> yeah. but I like tell everyone, like, it's so simple when you just listen to what your body says yes and no to. Yeah. Like I love coffee, but if I feel crazy after like three cups of coffee, like my body is telling me like chill out on the coffee. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Like, and so I love that. Yeah. And not to go totally off on a tangent, but one thing that made me think of is I think especially in like the world we're in today, a lot of people like to back up everything with science and research. And don't mm -hmm. get me wrong, like I love to research. I understand that like it's important to have scientific data behind like the changes that you're making and implementing. But I also think it's important to like, kind of utilize your intuition when yeah. something like is or is not serving you. Like I could find all the data and the science that say like eggs are the healthiest breakfast. But if I don't feel well when I'm eating eggs or if that's just like not something that... I feel called to like eat or just like yeah. I'm not drawn to it, like kind of, you know, take that into consideration. I think like forming wellness and health habits is an art form and not just like a scientific, like black and white, this or that. Yeah, I completely agree so, with yeah. that. And I'm so glad you said that because I say that all the time too. I'm like, mm -hmm. just because your best friend is thriving off of this diet or exercise or meal plan or whatever it is like you might not like your body yeah. is completely different your body needs completely different things 
physically and mentally. Mm-hmm. Right? So I'm just so glad that you touched on that. Same. I love I love preaching that. Yeah. So you also do a lot of videos on daily routines mm-hmm. and things that you record that aren't food related sometimes. So what are some of the things that you do on a daily basis that really help recharge your mind? Yeah. So I think honestly having a really good night's sleep is so important for me. Mm-hmm. I am so into my sleep. I am not yes. one of those people that can sleep five or six hours. So yeah, I think Which having working at town hall was is, like one of the hardest things yes. because I think all the time I'm like, I go to bed now at like mm-hmm. nine o'clock, I wake up at like eight. Like I probably get more than eight hours of sleep sometimes. But when I worked at town hall, I would like go off of like, Oh my gosh, four or five hours of sleep. Maybe. I know. <laughs> I don't know how I did it. I did it. I, I'm kind of down or I guess I'm like changing my schedule now so that I can sleep a little bit better, kind mm-hmm. of working on working less because I feel like I'm dabbling in so many different things right now. Yeah. Um, but definitely I hear you like going off of a poor night's sleep is not ideal. And it just like it, it affects, again, everyone differently. I know that I actually track my sleep with my aura ring mm-hmm. and I love it because I can see how much like deep sleep versus REM and all of that and how ready and refreshed I am in the morning. But definitely good night's sleep is one for me. Having like a clean space and environment is really important for me. I think just like if we have clutter, like in our homes, I think that's kind of like a representation and like just like a manifestation of like the clutter you have in like your mind and your, your like whole energy field. So I think just having like a really cleansed, um, clean space. I always like to meal prep, like have a really healthy breakfast. Um, I'm not into intermittent fasting at the moment. I mm-hmm. always do breakfast in the morning now. And then some of the things that the smaller things that are just kind of more routines and rituals for me is definitely like morning supplements, morning hydration. I don't go crazy on this like two hour morning routine, but if I can at least get supplements and get hydrated before I have my coffee, I'm off to like a good start. Yeah. I feel like we live the same life (laughs) because I'm the same way. Like I need my sleep. I need to wake up and I need just like, I don't need two hours, but I need like 30 minutes to myself. I actually do this thing where I, I keep my phone on do not disturb and I won't look at it until I'm, until I've got my water, Brazil nuts and my little nuts. Yeah. Whatever, whatever (laughs) my little thing is I want to do that morning. And I Mm -hmm. think it makes such like a mental difference completely. Yeah, in the clean space too. Like that is something that I like, I I saw this TikTok and it was like, when you see people cleaning, let them clean because they're, they are cleaning because they have a cluttered mind or Mm -hmm. something like that. And I like, I'm like, wow, like It just feels so much better after. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I think it's so important to be taking that time for yourself in the morning because I think it's so easy, especially with a lot of people working from home nowadays is and not waking up and going like straight into work or straight into your phone or straight into something else like take time to fill up your cup and see what mm-hmm. you need because you really can't serve anybody or show up for anybody around you until you've taken care of yourself and definitely have learned that the hard way yeah, <laughs> before, no, I agree so. I completely agree um can you explain what habit stacking is to our listeners and can you kind of like give an example of of one that you practice in your daily life? Yeah. So I um, actually learned about habit stacking. I mean, a lot of people have kind of different takes on it, but mm-hmm. I read about it in James Clear's book, Atomic Habits. I'm sure you've probably heard about it before. It's like all over everyone's Instagram feed all the time, Yeah, <laughs> but I always see quotes out of his book, but essentially it's taking a habit that you would not necessarily 
say is like a habit yet, something that you're wanting to do to implement into your daily life and, and bind it with something that you're already doing that you really enjoy. So let's say you like hate responding to emails. You always procrastinate on emails. If you do it while you're like drinking your favorite smoothie or green juice in the morning, you kind of stack them together. That way now when you go drink your smoothie, you're just automatically like doing your emails at the same time. Yeah. So it's kind of like taking two things and putting them together, something that you like versus maybe mm-hmm. something you don't like as much. Yeah. Um, I think one thing, or a habit stack that I've kind of done before is I'll scroll on like TikTok and social media while I'm like on the treadmill or on the Stairmaster because sometimes I'm just not motivated to work out. Yeah. But and I literally just want to scroll on my phone, just keeping it real. Like sometimes I just want to like decompress and just scroll for fun and not without any intentions. Um, So sometimes I'll bring my phone to the gym with me and scroll while I'm walking. Another one is... I told you I'm like addicted to caffeine right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, like with coffee in the morning, um, I usually don't let myself have coffee until I've hydrated and then done like some kind of breath work beforehand because mm-hmm. that's something that can be hard to get yourself to do in the morning. Yeah. I love that. And I feel like a lot of people don't really know what habit stacking is, but it, mm-hmm. I think it could be very productive for people that are procrastinators or just like hate having a to-do list or don't really feel motivation at all, yeah. which I think a lot of people get in like funks. And I think if you just like tell yourself there's three things you want to do that day and you pair it with something, like mm-hmm. I think that's so good. Um like, for example, I'm not – I hate driving, honestly. Like, yeah. I hate long drives. I'm not a driver. But every time I go on a long drive, like, to kind of, like, make it not seem so miserable, I'll use that time to, like, catch up with a family member that I, like, haven't talked to forever or a podcast or mm-hmm. something I try to, like, I don't know, even it out. Like, because I know I have to do it. But I like the one with the gym because I think that a lot of people would just be like, I just want to, like, lay on the couch and yeah. get on TikTok. But, like, you can still get on TikTok, but, like, just put your headphones on and mm-hmm. it can be a slow walk at the gym. It doesn't have to be anything crazy, but I like that a lot. And sometimes another hack that I'll do, and this makes my cardio sessions go by so fast, is I will actually go on, like, the Stairmaster on a pretty slow spa- uh, slow pace and then I'll put on piano music and read. I don't know what oh, it is about that <laughs> combination. Yeah. I look absolutely crazy doing it, but something about that, it's just like the bilateral movement actually helps with focus. So if you yeah. feel like you're someone that can't sit down and just read a book and not get distracted, it's like a really good way to just get your exercise in and get sweaty and read a book. I love that. I see. I, I'm not into piano music, but I'm into, it's like the energy release music. So yeah. it's like those like sounds, but once my boyfriend leaves in the morning, I put that <laughs> on and I just let it play while I'm doing my little morning routine. And it's the same. I don't know what it is, but I feel like I, I'm not distracted at all by anything once that's like playing. So. Yeah. It just totally calms you. Yeah. Just throw it on the TV. Yeah. yeah all the I time. All the time. Like my cat loves it. She falls asleep. All the time. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, yeah. Um, So we've kind of talked about this, but you've been gluten-free since you were 13. Um, How did you manage that in your lifestyle, pretty much like your social life and with your friends? I know we kind of talked about your family already, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like how did you grocery shop and do normal things a 13-year-old was doing? Yeah, so I think when I was younger, it was definitely a little bit more difficult when I first started. I remember feeling 
the emotion of frustration, like, oh, it's just, this is going to be an obstacle. Like it was really frustrating to be able to just like not eat all the same kind of like junk foods that I was eating at like 12, 13 years old, whatever. But I think once I started realizing how much better I was feeling without it and just kind of started discovering new recipes, it was a lot easier for me. And then it was just kind of like a no brainer. Like I didn't really think about bread or gluten anymore after that. So it's like, I just feel so much more vibrant and better and I'm sleeping better. I have more energy. Um, in terms of like what I started eating, it was honestly just discovering new foods. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I ate a lot of white bread and like pastas. I grew up in an Italian family, so I ate pasta like a lot, but just finding like brown rice pasta, quinoa pasta. I ate more like potatoes and sweet potatoes, just like other foods. Um, I didn't really have, I honestly didn't really struggle with that part of it. Yeah. When it came to eating out, I think that was kind of more where the struggle was, especially like 10, 15 years ago. Now it's a lot easier, I would say, just because so many restaurants are aware of it. It's so yeah. common. Um, I agree with like, that for sure. Here now. Yeah, yeah, almost any restaurant, even if they don't offer like a gluten-free like alternative, um, the, usually the waitress or waiter will know what it is and will know what's cross-contaminated and mm-hmm. can kind of help you out. Or like make a little meal for you or something. Yeah, or <laughs> yeah. just kind of piece things together yeah. or something like that. Um, I think it's also just dependent on like your support system and like who's around you, I think is so important because for me, I didn't struggle so much with the actual diet changes. I struggled a little bit more with like the judgment and like not eating certain things in social settings and stuff like that. But all my friends are really supportive. And if I'm like going out to eat or going out to dinner, usually my friends are really cognizant of that. Um, and they'll like pick out restaurants that just like have gluten-free options. So we kind of just try to work with that. Um, and if I'm going out for like a nice dinner or something, my boyfriend always like will call the restaurant beforehand and be like, Hey, like, what do you have for gluten-free options? So I don't know. It just kind of depends like who you're surrounding yourself with and you know how supportive they are. Um, but at the end of the day, it's really just, I don't know, you just get creative and adapt. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Um, and that's funny because when I had Nicole on here, we talked about that too. We were like, when you surround yourself around good people, they really don't care about the yeah. way that you eat. And same thing, like my boyfriend always makes sure that there's something I could eat <laughs> whenever we go somewhere. So I appreciate that. Um, but normally, like, it, I don't think it matters so much anymore. And I think when you, you kind of like realize that like the people that do care, it's like, they aren't your people. <laughs> exactly. Like, like if someone is, you know, kind of giving you some judgment for like, eating a weird or specific way or like being difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just like, those just aren't your people, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, agree. I just surrounding yourself with good people. I really think is key. Yeah, I agree. And shout out to you at 13 for <laughs> doing that. Cause I feel like at 13, that would have been, that would have been it, hard for me. Yeah. It, it, it was a bit of a challenge, but we, we got through it. Yeah. So what's your opinion of someone who is going to go gluten-free, dairy-free, vegan, like kind of cold turkey without any medical advice as a reason to lose weight? So I really don't think that you need to follow a very specific dietary protocol like Mm -hmm. to lose weight. I think, first of all, I think the main goal should just to get to be the healthiest version of yourself. And then the weight loss kind of comes naturally. Like when you put your health first, aesthetics will follow. And I know it's not just about, I know aesthetics really is a real part of our world and people want to look good because if you look good, you feel good. I get it. Yeah. But I think it's just more important on 
focusing on being the healthiest version of yourself with real whole foods. Like if there's any advice I could give to someone that's like starting a journey and, you know, wants to lean out, whatever, just start eating whole foods, you know, stop eating the processed stuff and you'll, you'll start to feel better. Um, even just from that. And I think if your body is rejecting gluten or rejecting dairy or like doesn't do well, you know, if you're either just intuitively like just not feeling well after that or if you get tested or anything like that, I think it's important to like listen to your body in that sense and like cut that food out if it's not serving you. If you're mm-hmm. eating something and you're not feeling great after like cut it, you know, cut it out, but I don't think it's necessary to be like, oh, I'm going gluten-free just to lose weight because that's yes. not really going to happen like just switching regular pasta for like bonza pasta like that's not like a magic right pill or anything like that so and even a lot of gluten-free products out there that are processed are still very high glycemic and processed so Mm -hmm. it's you know I think it just comes down to fuel your body well focus on health everything else will just kind of fall into place yes and I love everything you said I feel like I get a lot of my listeners because I'm gluten-free and dairy-free and I talk about that, that they think that that's what they need to do. And same exact thing. I'm like, well, pause, like maybe, but like we're not there yet. Like, you know, we need to just start with the basics first, which is whole foods. And you explained Mm -hmm. that perfectly well. Like just start eating whole foods and see like the way you feel. And then like what we were saying earlier, like your body will say yes and no to the rest. Exactly. And as well, like I've realized I just went gluten-free this past year. So mm-hmm. I, I'm i like weeding out right now of all the processed gluten-free foods like I, that I realize are so bad for us still. Like I'm right. like, I might as well just eat the regular <laughs> version of yeah. it. Like, so I think a lot of people just like, that comes with education though. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think that nutrition is completely trial and error. I mean, unless you go to school for it or have a lot of education mm-hmm. on it, it's just, it's a lot about learning what your body likes and doesn't like. Yeah, those are really good points. And I think, like, also, you can't really figure out what is making you feel good or bad if you're eating processed stuff all the time. It's, it's really hard to pinpoint things. But I mm-hmm. think, like, yeah, um, keeping, like, a food log, if that feels comfortable for you, and switching to whole foods, and then just writing down how you're feeling after certain meals or th- throughout the week, then it, you can kind of start pinpointing from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I, I always say that, too. Like, you know, like, I'm like, well, tell me what you ate yesterday, like, yeah. and then we can check mark off or X out whatever we need to. Mm-hmm. So like we're saying now, we know whole foods is like the key to a healthy diet. And I think my listeners would really benefit on your take of consistently having whole foods in their house. So how do you prioritize grocery shopping? How do you make meals or just like know what to look for whenever you're creating these better options to eat? Yeah, I could go on on this one forever. <laughs> yeah, and I think that I know that like your TikTok is really good about showing recipes and stuff. And I know your like viewers like that. So whatever your take is, go crazy. <laughs> yeah, so I think just like some of the the basics, just to like really s- simplify it. When I'm physically grocery shopping at the grocery store, which grocery shopping is like my favorite hobby. Same. So honestly, oh it's gosh. not even like a task for me. I like look forward to it. Like if I'm having a bad day, you can find me at a Whole Foods or Trader Joe's. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, I don't really struggle with that part of it. But when I'm actually in the grocery store, shopping the perimeter of the grocery store is kind of where you want to focus because um, that's going to be where you find all of your produce, um, all of your like meats and things like that if you eat that. And then you don't re- don't want to go into like the middle of the grocery store aisles where all the processed food is for too many things. There's some things that you're going to get there like dried beans, 
grains if you do grains, anything like that, maybe even bone broth if you do that. Um, but just kind of avoiding the aisles of processed food and just sticking to like the one ingredient thing. So I love that. Yeah, that it's such a good. It's very simple. I never really thought yeah. that that's like where I'm shopping at. <laughs> you probably yeah. You probably I just I didn't even it. yeah yeah I didn't even realize. And I'm not saying that processed food is bad or horrible. There's some brands that I that make um, healthier processed options. Mm -hmm. um, but a majority of your intake, you want to just be like one ingredient foods, like yeah. beef, ground beef is just one ingredient or like ground turkey, or I, I like to do actually wild meats like ground venison, ground bison, for mm -hmm. <laughs> well, the nutrition there, but like berries, um, nuts, seeds, lots of fruit, lots of fresh vegetables. I buy almost 100% organic. The only time I'm not buying organic is if for some reason they just don't have it in stock. Yeah. Um, which I'm grateful that I can do. I not I know not everyone has access to like organic groceries, but buying organic whenever you can is really important, especially um, for meats and things. You want to want to get pasture raised, grass fed, all of that because you don't want any excess like hormones and things. Um, and mm -hmm. then also just like make it easy on yourself. Like don't keep processed things in your house if you know you're going to be kind of tempted to eat them all the time. Yeah you know, get things that are easy to um, pull together. Like I like to do a lot of like coconut yogurt as like snacks and things like that. Um, but yeah, I think those are kind of like my top mm -hmm. simple, <laughs> not really hacks, but yeah, I guess tips. just focusing on organic foods. You said the grass fed, the wild caught, like mm -hmm. all that. Um, and do you normally make a grocery list like before you go? It's funny. Okay. So sometimes <laughs> it's, it's, you know, I really do better when I do make a grocery list because yeah. then I'm actually planning meals. And I would yeah. say if you're starting out, plan meals, mm -hmm. don't be like me, plan yeah. meals. Yeah. <laughs> um, because that really helps you buy everything you need and nothing that you don't. Yeah. So that way you're not wasting money. You're not overbuying. You're not wasting food. That's something I try to be really cognizant about is like not wasting food. Yeah. Um, I hate wasting food. Yeah. So that's it's like, that's why I make a grocery list yeah. literally. Cause I'm like, I just need to get what I need here for these meals this week. Yeah. And I mean, I have a whiteboard on our fridge and if there's something, whatever we forgot we want, like, you know what I mean? Just an addition, but I, I hate throwing away good it's the organic worst food. <laughs> feeling. Yeah. yeah. And I, honestly, a hack for that. I feel like I do a lot is I buy a lot of frozen Fruits and vegetables mm -hmm. like berries because yes. berries go bad so quick. Like yes. I like to buy a lot of frozen stuff because it just keeps in the freezer. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it can also help people too when they're first starting out on like a health journey is like plan recipes that you're excited about. Like go on Pinterest and let's say you're gluten-free or dairy-free or whatever. Search different meal ideas. Pick out a couple that you like. Make a list according to that. Because then it's like you're looking forward to creating a new recipe. Yes. It's fun and you're not overbuying. Yeah, I completely agree. And about the waste too, like you can even, when you buy fruits and veggies, you can freeze them as mm -hmm. well afterwards too, which I do a lot. But um, I completely agree with all of that. Like I feel like every Sunday I like go on TikTok and I'm like looking up new recipes yeah. that I can try out and I try to like just make my grocery shopping about that. But I'm also at the grocery store like literally three or four times a week. The same. I'm it's, always yeah, there. So. It's favorite. It's literally my favorite thing. To do. I don't know why people don't. I love it. It's, yeah. it's therapeutic to me. Yeah. Like I'll never understand how people do the Instacart. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I would never, I would never pay someone to go do what I want to go do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and I'm with like my AirPods in and like looking through. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So as for snacking and having groceries at home, what are some of your favorite brands for snacks? 
Yeah, so I do eat processed food like sometimes, um, but I try to go for brands that are a little bit, I don't want to use the word like clean, but mm-hmm. cleaner, just like minimal ingredients, high yeah. quality ingredients. Um, I love Simple Mills. They make really good like almond flour, crackers, almond flour, um, like pancake waffle mix, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Siete, yeah. I love for like I wraps. Yeah, they're like the best. They make good chips. I love their cassava wraps. Um, Jovial, I like their brown rice pasta is good for a gluten-free pasta or their cassava pasta. If you're mm-hmm. a paleo, need to be like grain-free. Um, I also like Tolerant for like legume-based pastas mm-hmm. for yogurts. I like Kalina yogurt, Harmless Harvest. Like yeah. I don't know, just like everything. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I would say those are those are probably like my top brands for snacks. Oh, and I like the um, Force of Nature is one of the brands <laughs> I love. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I don't know why. It just like cracks me up. <laughs> I'm so glad you said some of those brands because I'm like thinking of my pantry as you're saying them. I'm like, yes, I have that. I have that. Um, every Tuesday we do taco night and mm-hmm. I use everything Siete. Like, They're I, the best. I love all that stuff and I love the Simple Mills too. Mm-hmm. Um, I buy all the crackers that they have and I just I have the little cookies and everything or I get those yeah. from my boyfriend and I put them in glass containers so he mm-hmm. thinks that they're like just regular oh, no Oreos <laughs> or cookies or whatever. He has no so idea. Funny. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I don't, I mean, it's been so long since I've had a regular like gluten filled cookie or anything yeah i don't know the difference but, but he does yeah like it, yeah. i think it all tastes the same me too do you have any like tips for people for making snacks like is there is there like a food group you look for mainly like a protein and a fat or do you kind of just like not focus on that too much um i definitely do i think it's important to just kind of have a balance between different food groups that you're not having like a spike in blood sugar. Mm -hmm. Um, Before I was educated on nutrition, I would like drink smoothies in the morning that were literally just like all fruit and like Mm -hmm. no protein, no fats, no fiber um, other than the fruit. And I was having like all these crashes and things. So I think it's just important to include like fats, carbs, um, proteins, fiber, greens, like just focus Mm -hmm. on those five. Um, and you don't need, I think, as many carbohydrates as, like, some people think. Like, I think just getting from wholesome sources, like sweet potatoes, fruits are good. I think it just can get a little bit rough from, like, a blood sugar regulation perspective if you're doing a lot of white bread, a lot of white rice, which they're not bad foods. But I think just kind of balancing a more lower glycemic um, index overall is good. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that a lot of people focus on, like, just protein or like just a veggie mm-hmm. or something and I kind of explained to people like it really won't balance out or absorb correctly if unless we like have two or three of the groups you know what I mean like yeah and your snack um but that's a perfect explanation of that as well too and you just like left unsatisfied after if mm-hmm. you don't have like a balanced meal you want more you yeah it's overeating yeah like add like fresh herbs add mm-hmm. like extra virgin olive oil you know anything to kind of enhance the meal and all those things have nu- nutritional uh benefits as well so I think that just helps with the satiety factor yes I completely agree <laughs> okay so when it comes to supplements, I think mm-hmm. that you are extremely knowledgeable here. So what is your advice for someone starting supplements? What supplements do you think that we need every day? Go crazy here. Okay. So without getting too crazy. <laughs> I can like, feel your excitement. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, my supplement cabinet literally looks like a pharmacy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I probably have, like, over 100 bottles. I think I saw the video. Of oh, it's so Instagram. Yeah. yeah. I think I only have, like, 30 linked 
in like my Amazon store is like my top ones, but I definitely go a little bit deeper in my own personal routine. But I think one big misconception about supplementation is it is to supplement something that you are not getting from your diet. So Mm -hmm. ask yourself, why are you not getting that from your diet? Can you get it from your diet? Do you have a medical condition that doesn't allow you to absorb something that you need to supplement with? Mm -hmm. You really need to have one, an intention on why you're taking something and two, understand how it works because if you're just taking something you don't know the mechanism of how it's working in your body i don't think it works as well because if you've ever heard the like the placebo effect our mind really is the most powerful tool that we can use to have a biological effect on the body so pairing that with the actual science of a product and you believing in the product i think that's when you get the maximum effect yes and i think people rely too heavily on supplements thinking that that can um, kind of outweigh like a poor diet or a lack of exercise or etc it's like if you're taking something to sleep ask yourself why are you not sleeping mm-hmm. you know why do you need melatonin every night why do you need ashwagandha every day you mm-hmm. know I, i'm guilty of it but like yeah i'm like shit. <laughs> <laughs> i know but i think those are important things to ask before you even buy anything or invest in anything like that um, but with that being said, I think some of the key supplements that we just need because of the world that we live in are definitely like a vitamin D. If you live in an area where you're not getting in the sun every day, like mm-hmm. we are probably deficient like all the time. Yeah. So like I definitely do a vitamin D um, with a vitamin K2 to help mobilize the vitamin D so it doesn't get stuck in any areas of the body. You want it to get into the tissues you want it to. Um, and omega-3 Definitely, if you live in the U.S. and you're consuming any kind of processed food, we add so many oils and things that we're really not balancing that with omega-3s very often, unless you're eating, like, wild-caught salmon, like, once a week. Um, And I'd say, like, other than that, definitely, like, a magnesium and, like, mineral supplement because our soils are depleted. So even though we're eating all these nutritious foods, we're not really getting the same levels that, like, we would get if we were eating the same foods here, like, 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think those are kind of, like, my top three. But I think doing your research, having an intention, and then asking yourself why you're taking something are really important when it comes to some supplements. Yeah, that's that makes me feel, for one, so much better because I take all of those besides the K2. I don't take the K2. I you didn't know that. I yeah. didn't know that. So that's really good to know. Mm-hmm. But I love everything you just said because same thing I get asked all the time about supplements. And I'm like, you don't – we don't need anything. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, like you. there's – I want to suggest foods to you right now that you could be getting more of that nutrients from. Yeah. So I don't think a lot of people realize that or know that. So I, I mean everything you said touched on perfectly yeah i think definitely like a food first approach is you know the way to go and um just people need to understand like you don't need your body isn't have a deficiency in ashwagandha like you're taking ashwagandha because you have another symptom from something else that you're not dealing with you know i think that's a good you know way to look at it yeah Of course, you use ashwagandha too. I take it every day and I would probably like be the person that's like, oh my God, I need ashwagandha right now. Yeah. Like, so, but I can, I get what you're saying. And like, I'm, I'm thinking more of like the people that think that if they take, I don't know, I'm just thinking of something like a vitamin E every day, you're, you're going to have you know, less belly fat and better skin. Like, yeah, it's going to help, but like, you know, you should really be eating like avocados and yeah. things like that. So I, I completely agree. 
I think it only gives you kind of that 5% edge if you have everything else kind of intact Mm -hmm. and everything kind of like you're eating a good diet, you're sleeping, you're meditating, all of that. It's just like 10 times probably even more powerful than like supplements alone. Mm -hmm. So as for supplements, what are some of your favorite brands? So when it comes to protein powder, I would say I definitely like Truvani is one I've been liking a lot. Love, love their flavor. Yeah. yeah. I love cost, like KOS. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Mm-hmm. That was pretty good. Yeah. Um, Symbiotica is one of my favorites. That's like my ride or die. I use that like almost every day. Um, trying to think. Yeah, those are like my favorite protein powder wise. When it comes to like actual supplements, I usually buy from Full Script. Um, it's really good to get them like through a practitioner or through like a med spa or something and not just buying them on Amazon or buy them from the brand site. But I like Gaia Herbs for like any like herbal supplements. Uh, Thorn is really good. Mm-hmm. I Metagenics. use Gaia, Gaia and Thorn. Oh, they're the best. Yeah. yeah. I, like those ones. I like those brands. Pure Encapsulations is like okay. They're a little bit cheaper too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd say my favorite brand across the board is definitely Symbiotica. Mm-hmm. They have like the best stuff and they put all their supplements in like liposomal form so you can actually absorb them a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those are like my favorite supplement brands. Perfect. I love Truvani. Um, that's like my favorite. I'm so glad you said that because <laughs> love I, yeah, like it's only like five ingredients mm-hmm. or something like that. And it tastes literally so good. And I love I all the flavors. The founder, I think she spoke at like IAN. Yeah. Like, she's the yeah. Food babe. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I actually think she was just my last module. Like, oh, last no week. Yeah. That's how I, that's <laughs> yeah. yeah. They have a great product. I love them. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So, I think that anyone who's ever been in the nutrition field will relate to this, but I think we've all experimented and done some really weird shit. So what health trend or TikTok trend have you ever done that is you just like look back and you're like, why the fuck did I do that? (laughs) Okay, wait, let me think about this for a second. I used to like make all my like homemade bone broth like in college all the time, which I still think is like not bad for you. But I'm like, why was I doing that? Like, like you would um, use like the chicken leg, like the chicken yeah, like feet. I would buy the bones in oh the store. <laughs> like yeah, like when bone broth first yeah. became like really trendy, which was like in college. Yeah, yeah. Like I remember, um, I read Doctor Axe's like one or two or three of his books. I forget. He has like so many different ones out. And he was really big at promoting it. He has like the ancient nutrition brand, like bone broth protein powder, but. After reading his books, I would I like ran to the store and I would literally buy the like legs. the beef bones. Like you can buy the no, bones I've seen like away from it's like disgusting. I was gonna say that is really crazy though. Like yeah. now I would maybe do that at twenty five, but like at twenty one with my roommates, they yeah. were like, What the fuck are you doing and I, what are you cooking right now? They were probably like, Yep, they probably thought that for sure. <laughs> That's funny. And it's like I remember one time too, like I had a friend that like their family would like buy a whole cow or whatever um, from like some Amish farm or something, and they let me have the bones because I was like, "Oh, are you gonna throw this away? <laughs> I'll take those. Like, I'll make my own bone broth with it." So, yeah, I don't know. I guess that was kind of like a crazy. <laughs> no, that totally. I remember when I first ever like heard that it was mm-hmm. out of all of those ingredients. I didn't believe it. I like, yeah. I like thought it was so gross. Like, yeah, I was like, no way that I'm. This is what I'm drinking right now. It's like, wild. But it's, that's it. Yeah, I was, I think I was like 19 making broth in my kitchen. I love that. Okay. And then I think we can cut right here for part one.
Okay, guys, we are going to take a break here today. I think that we have soaked in so much information and so much good stuff that it is enough for one episode. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this and learned a bunch because I know I did. If you guys are enjoying McKay's Mindspace, please give it a rating and follow. That helps me out so much. And stay tuned for next week because we are going to get into so much more with Melissa. Bye, guys.